Welcome to Ask Dr. Julie Hanks, a safe place for healing conversations that educate and empower you to prioritize your dreams, revolutionize your family, and personalize your faith. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Hanks, a psychotherapist and coach offering online courses and programs to help women all over the world heal themselves and their relationships. Join me here every week as I coach a listener through a specific challenge and empower them with tools to find healing. Welcome. I am so excited to talk with Dr. Morgan Francis today about overcoming body shame. So she will be joining in just a minute. Uh, But while we're waiting for her to join, let me tell you a little bit more about Dr. Francis. She has 20 years in the mental health field as a licensed professional counselor, and she has a doctoral degree in clinical psychology. She specializes in the treatment of body image and eating disorders, sexual compulsive behavior, mood disorders, and trauma and relationships. She founded Scottsdale Premier Counseling, and it's a private practice in Scottsdale, Arizona. So for those of you who live in Arizona, uh, you can reach out to her. So today we're going to be talking about how do I overcome body shame and cultivate body love. Dr. Francis, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Dr. Francis, I'm so happy to talk with you about this really important topic. Uh, I already gave an introduction to you. So I just want, for those of you who are just joining, Dr. Francis helps women stop hating their body. So I think that applies to so many women. So I, I can't I'm wait to talk with you, Dr. Here. Francis. And it is an important topic of exploring body image and particularly body shaming. So what would be helpful for me to start yeah. off with? How would it be good for your viewers? Let's talk about how, how do we develop body shame in the first place? No. Like we're not born with it. So what, well, how do I we develop that shame? Well, I think really important. We are not born hating our bodies. In fact, if we think about a, you know, a newborn or a toddler, we're always gushing about how adorable their little fingers or belly rolls are. We really just love the shape and the size of their bodies and we celebrate the toddler body. But unfortunately, we are taught or we learn, we are conditioned to start shaming our bodies. And there's three ways that body shaming can show up. We can do it to ourselves. So I can be critical and judgmental in my own thoughts and self-talk to myself. Another way is to say it directly to someone else. And we typically see this between parent and child. So a mom to a daughter, a father to a son, or you know, either way, or grandparents. And then the third way that body shaming can show up is just people commenting on other people's bodies without them actually knowing that they're being talked about. So it might be someone from a distance that we see that we make a negative comment or judgment about their shape and size. Gotcha. And that impacts the person you're talking to inadvertently, right? You're talking about that person over there, but the person, the child you're with or the teen hears you criticize someone else's body. You absolutely you internalize do. It's it. like okay, okay, thank you. Hand smoke, right? Like there's the person that's smoking the cigarette that's going to have their lungs affected, and then there's the bystander or the person next to them that's also breathing in the cigarette smoke who also is affected. So absolutely, it is something that really makes an impact on the other person's view of body shapes and sizes and their own. 
right? So if I, if I'm a child and Mm -hmm. I see, you know, my mom criticize herself, right? Using that first example of how a person can put themselves down, a daughter's not going to think to herself, oh, it's just my mom being negative about her body because the daughter looks like her mom, right? She might have the same arms. She might have the same hips or legs. So she will then internalize it and think negatively about her body. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So as parent, I'm a parent um, and yeah, I have to be really careful to like, remember to not be negative and to be appreciative about my body because I have girls and I have boys too. I think this applies to both genders. So yeah, good, yeah. good reminders. Uh, for those well, the of number one question I really, truly get <laughs> asked by moms is how do I make sure my daughter doesn't hate her body? And really the, the thing that they're asking me is that I don't want her to end up like me, right? That's the underlying message. And, the, and I always tell them, you know, children learn yeah. social modeling, monkey see, monkey do. So if you want your daughter to fall in love with her body and have body confidence, then you've got to work on your own. And it really starts with the parent. It really starts with the mom shifting the narrative, not having her, the conversation about her body even be a conversation and being about, you know, what our bodies can do for us how we can celebrate our bodies. And I'm a mom as well. I have three children, boys and girls, and it does happen to boys as well as girls. So I think it's important that we acknowledge that too. Yeah. And, and what's the impact that fathers have on It's very, I mean, there's different research out there that supports both mothers and fathers having an impact. And it's not just what the father says to his daughter. It's also how the father talks about women's bodies in maybe even in a sexual way, like sexual objectification. You know, if there are images around the house or if they're watching a show or a movie and there's something said about a woman's body from a more of a sexual objectification view, that can also influence the woman and how she feels and experiences her own femininity and what she thinks is attractive to men. Mm, Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I'm thinking about my own childhood and my dad making comments to my mom impacted me, right? He wasn't talking about me, but he was criticizing or kind of judging her or making, you know, comments that were about body or weight. So yeah, yeah. Parents have a big impact. Do you think it's gotten worse? Like body shame's gotten worse with media, social media, or do you think we're, we're well, I think it's becoming more normalized. So anytime I see a post with Jessica Simpson, for example, it's atrocious to me how many people will go on. I mean, hundreds of comments about not what she's talking about, but how she looks. And it's because of social media, I think that it gives people easy access and ability to do this. And there is research that shows that when women spend more time, let's say on Facebook, compared to women doing an art activity, they are going to feel worse about features like, like body features about their appearance. So like their skin, their hair, their shape, their size compared to the group of women that were just doing an art activity. So, and they only spent one hour. So imagine Mm. a a teenager who's on her phone constantly in, in the evening or after maybe her sport practice and all those images coming up again and again and again it will directly affect the way she feels about herself and her self-esteem, her body confidence, how she holds herself. And one of the big things that we're seeing is that women tend to lose 
sexual assertion, meaning they don't feel as comfortable saying no. They are worried about disappointing or not pleasing a male partner if they don't agree or go along with what the male wants. And so the sexual assertiveness declines with the prolonged use of social media for female teenagers. Oh, wow. That's a frightening statistic. And wow, I I hadn't heard that. That's, yeah. So I hate to like say, you know, social media is the problem, right? But how, I mean, kids are on social media. So how can parents talk to teens, let's say teen girls, about bodies and social media in a healthy way that doesn't go overboard, like get off, you know, get off TikTok forever. How can parents support daughters and sons in, in their teenage years? Well, it's so challenging. And I always validate the parents because I always say to them, you're, you're not meant to win in this game, right? Like, like Instagram's always going to win. Facebook's going to win. The advertisements, you know, are going to win and they're meant to, right? And they're meant to keep your child engaged. I mean, they're so much behind it, right? So being able to have parameters and boundaries on time, right? The amount of time that a a child or teenager is spending on their phone is really important. And then being able to ask and inquire, you know, what are some of the things that you're seeing? You know, what, what stood out to you? What, what did you notice? How do you feel about yourself after looking at that and really continuing to create activities and engagement off the phone, right? And so, you know, if it's, you know, playing game night, if it's, you know, having family dinners, if it's going for a walk, if it's, let me help you with your homework, if it's, hey, let's do some, let's watch a show together, right? I mean, there's plenty of ways that families can continue to engage with one another. And I also know it's extremely challenging to do that. So each family is different. So I think it's important as a clinician that I inquire about what is the family dynamic? How is it set up? And I know for some people, being online is where their friends are, you know, it's where their connections are. So if that is taken away, that can cause, you know, depression, self-harming behavior. So it is really, really a sensitive area to explore. And I think that each person or each family is, it's not one size fits all. We have to explore all the dynamics looking at it. Thank you. So I've worked with a lot of women who've asked me, like, is the goal to love my body? I mean, I don't know that I can ever love certain parts of my body. Well, how, well how do you if you are a fan of Sonia Renee Taylor, which I am, then yes, the goal is to love your body. And she sticks by this. And if, if you had to listen to the most recent podcast interview with Sonia Renee Taylor and Glennon Doyle on Glennon's We Can Do Hard Things, mm-hmm. I, it is life-changing. It is so, so good. So I highly recommend that for anyone here listening mm-hmm. to this live. But, you know, for me personally, and I mean, I suffered from an eating disorder for, you know, 10 plus years, you know, I'm I'm in recovery, I've been in recovery for many, many, many years. And I know for myself, like the idea of trying to love my body just really seemed unrealistic. And so I think what's going to be much more Mm -hmm. effective is what's called body neutrality, where we're not really thinking about our bodies, right? I'm not defining my body by how it looks or the aesthetics. I am really just more in tune with how my body's functioning, right? So I don't look at my body and think, okay, I need to have thin arms. I look at my body and think, okay, I love having strong arms. However that looks is not relevant, but strong enough that I can carry in my groceries, strong enough that I can lift my baby, strong enough that I am really good at, you know, playing tennis, strong enough that I give amazing hugs. 
So it's more looking at the function and thinking of it as human arms than I have mm-hmm. thin or big or, you know, ugly looking arms. Yeah, I like that. So if, if, you, if body love seems out of, out of reach, body neutrality, I love that idea. And something that I have worked on for a long time is just experiencing my body not looking at it as an object, but like, what is it like in my body? Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like when I just live in my body, every, like everything's just great, you know, instead of looking at it from like an outside perspective. So I love that body neutrality and function, right? Like we have, it's a tool. Right. That's what I always tell my clients. Like it's function over form. And, And there's some interventions and tools that, you know, a person can do to help them develop that, you know, develop the body neutrality, which at its core is body respect, right? Like I'm respecting my body when I'm engaging in body neutrality and it it is a journey, right? So, you know, it's about moving out of the self hate. It's moving out of the dislike of your body. And and really also a key piece is, is falling in love with your life, you know, moving away from, you know, the mirror, it's, it's like a metaphor, right? So I'm moving away from spending my time, my energy, my money into my appearance and and looking at the mirror and into hobbies and interests and my identity that goes beyond appearance. I think for women, we are so raised to be people pleasers, right? People pleasing to the eye, people pleasing to what we say, how we look, how we dress, So I really encourage women to get to know who they are aside from their appearance, because we're all going to age. It's going to happen. There's nothing we can do. You can get all cosmetic surgery and fillers and Botox you want in the world, but life is life. And so it's like developing other parts of your body that you always were curious about, but maybe we're never guided in that direction. So I think it's really important Mm -hmm. to get to know who we are outside of the way that we look. Yeah, so important. So what are, in addition to, to developing other parts of your, of your life and yourself, what are some like practical ways that, or tools that women can use to work so the first that body thing I would say is we got to get, you know, curious, right? We got to get curious about who says that you can't wear blank. Who says that your arms have to look like this? Who says that you need to lose 10 pounds? And let's challenge that. Let's really, really challenge that. Even if it's a medical doctor, when you walk into a doctor's office, because we all know there's weight stigmatization in medical settings. So it's really about being able to challenge that narrative and, and getting, allowing yourself to get angry, allowing yourself to say, I don't need to believe that. I don't need to accept that that's the way that I'm supposed to look, that I can challenge that belief system and really reject the diet culture, right? The pedestalization of thin fit bodies, you know, the oppression of marginalized bodies and understanding how diet culture is showing up in your life, like in your own home, in your conversations. I also really challenge women to exit the body shaming conversations. Women love to bond over how ugly we feel, how gross we feel, how fat we feel. And it's just, a, I don't like it. It's just, a, it's a bad energy um, narrative and, and conversation that we get into with our friends. And I just don't feel it's effective. And we know for research that it's not. No one actually ever feels better having those conversations, right? And so I think there's a lot of things that we can yeah. focus on, like don't do this, like don't engage in the body shaming, don't spend too much time on social media, don't criticize other women, you know, but we don't talk enough about what to do. 
And I think it's about, we need to celebrate our bodies, right? We need to find outlets other than our bodies to celebrate, right? Like do the things that bring joy in your life rather than focusing on, you know, shrinking yourself metaphorically and literally, right? So it's about liberation and having that freedom and owning, owning your own empowerment. Like I'm all about women empowering other women. You know, we are all sitting at the table together. We're a horseshoe. We're not a closed off circle, you know, engaging in those conversations. I really feel, you know, it's important for us not to tear other women down. That's why I just really despise any type of reality TV shows that compete women against each other for a male's attention. It's just not my thing. And so Mm -hmm. I feel like being able to empower other women is another way that we can start to reject the diet culture and make our relationship with ourselves for our children a better one. Mm, Such great suggestions. Thank you. Thank you. Are you willing to, Dr. Francis, to take some questions if people have questions? So if you have questions about body shame and uh, or body neutrality, body love, drop them in the comments and we'll get to a, a few questions. What was the most helpful thing for you personally in your recovery to appreciate well, your body? Like, yeah. Are you willing I mean, to share social kind of media? I was, I was obsessed with magazines, right? Like I've read all of them, Cosmo, mm. Glamour, Vogue, uh, Us Weekly people. I mean, name it. I had it in my house. And I think that was a big turning mm. point for me was to get rid of those magazines. I, you know, because a lot of those magazines have messages yeah. about, you know, you know, losing weight, firming up your thighs, eat this, not that, who wore it better. And then, in, um, like they would, and the, I don't know which magazine it was, but it would have like, this is what I eat in a day and I hate what I eat in a day videos. I'm sorry if people like them, but I am completely against them because honestly, you could follow what anyone eats in the day and you're still not going to have her body because there's genetics and there's access to food and there's just so many things. Genetic. I, and I feel like getting rid of that was a big game changer in my relationship with my body. Definitely, that was a process and, and really therapy. I mean, I did a lot of therapy and that was so powerful and helpful. Yeah. And and I really just allow my kids to see, you know, my my body, you know, and all its glory, right? So I'll, I'll wear, you know, uh, you know, a sports bra and, you know, I'll let my stomach rolls be there and I don't feel like I have to cover up with my children and I want them to normalize women's bodies. And my husband and I just, we just don't talk about how our bodies look aesthetically. We're, we're really about functionality and, and being able to have movement and feeling mm-hmm. strong and powerful in our, in our bodies. So, and the same with our relationship with food. I mean, I... I, all, all foods are available at my house. There's, you want a cookie, have a cookie. It's 10 a.m., go for it. You know, like, it's just, it's just, it's all about freedom. And, and I think that's been a, a big positive for my children and for us. We have a rule, like, we don't comment on what other people eat. And we don't allow people to comment, like, if they come into our house, like, oh, you're going to have another piece of pizza. It's like, we don't comment on other no. people's food choices. No. Like, no. it's not your business. <laughs> Shut that. Yeah, so that's one thing that we do because I I feel really strongly about about it too, like freedom and it's it, it's an individual choice what you're going to eat. And that's exactly, nobody else's business. It's really nobody know? else's business, and it is a celebration. And yeah, we're always actually encouraging our kids to eat more, you know, and you know have more and enjoy it and take your time eating. You know, you don't have to rush through it as well. So yeah, no, we we yeah. I feel like 
I mean, again, I'm, I'm lucky because I'm a therapist. I'm obviously you are too. You understand like we, we, we have, you know, access to research and we know things, right? So it's, it's definitely helpful. And I think, you know, being able to support other parents that may be, you know, challenged in this is one of the honors I get to have as a licensed therapist. That's awesome. Let's let uh, our audience know where they can find you, how they can connect with you, and maybe even get your services. So, so yeah. tell us kind of what so you're I'm up to and where to find Arizona. you. I have a private practice here, Scottsdale Premier Counseling. And as I'm sure like you are, it's, it's a very saturated time. Oh, I did see a question come in. How do you approach the subject of health due to a family history Yay. of heart disease? Well, there's lots of things that can cause heart disease, and it's not just body weight. We know that because there's plenty of people that exist in thinner-sized bodies that also experience cardiovascular diseases. Actually, cardiac arrest is one of the leading causes of death for individuals with anorexia nervosa. So I think it's really important to understand, you know, some of the stress, right, that might be going in a person's life and evaluate different ways that they can address the stress that's happening. I mean, clearly, you know, one of the principles with intuitive eating is gentle nutrition. So um, no one's going to advocate for the fact of having Cheetos all day long. But also we know forbidding, you know, Cheetos, if someone really wants them, is ineffective and problematic as well. So I think it's working with your medical provider, but also looking at how you can continue to improve the quality of your life if you are someone that has to be careful with your cardiovascular, you know, respiratory system and understanding ways that might improve that. So I hope that answers the question. (laughs) Thanks for that question. Any other questions, drop them in the comments. Uh, Let us know and we'll, we'll pause, but keep, keep going, Dr. Francis, about how people can reach you. You're in um, Scottsdale. um, Private practice here. And um, so I see teenagers and up um, and I work with men and women and I work with um, elite athletes as well. Um, Unfortunately, there's a lot of, you know, disordered eating and body image problems with elite athletes oh let's see my my mom is always talking badly about her body what to say uh well first of all my heart goes out to you not only you but also to your mom who's struggling with her own relationship with her body and so one of my uh tools for when i'm teaching people about boundaries is to start with an i right like i feel blank so i feel sad when i see you put yourself down right it hurts my feelings when I see that you hate your body or that you're struggling with your self-esteem today because I love you and I care about you, right? So I think, you know, it's okay to be able to honor your experience when we see someone, you know, negative about the, the way that they look and the way that they're experiencing their bodies and not to invalidate, but to support that person who's going through that. I think I answered the question. I don't know if there's one that I missed. There's one more. Um, I need to change my lifestyle for my health. How do I talk to my daughter well, about the I, changes? I'd be curious of how they define health, right? <laughs> Typically, we define health as losing weight, right? Okay. Which intentional weight loss we know is in a, it, it doesn't work. So we need to look at how a person defines health. So for for you know, it could be you know, in getting more sleep. It could be. Uh, reducing the stress. It could be moving our bodies. And there's a difference between movement and exercise, right? Movement doesn't have uh, an objective outcome. Exercise does, right? Exercise measures. And so I think also it's ways maybe it's increasing your hydration. I know for me, it was about flexibility. Like I was really, really wanting to gain flexibility. And so I started to do yoga once, once a week, 
and I, I brought my husband to yoga today. We do it on Friday mornings and I'm trying to master that crow pose. So, which I, I, I always fall on my face and cannot do, but he does it. Of course, he doesn't even do yoga and he gets it like that. So, I mean, there, there you go. But um, I think if you're trying to make changes with health, I think it's being able to talk to your daughter about, you know, mommy's going to start adding in some more vegetables. Mommy's going to start adding in some more snacks so that I'm not waiting all day to eat dinner. Mommy's going to drink more water. You know, I'm going to reduce how many caffeinated drinks I'm drinking um, because I notice that I'm jittery. You know, I don't like the way that makes me feel. It's disrupting my sleep. Mommy's not going to have so much wine at night. You know, so I think there's ways that we can talk about things about our health that have nothing to do about losing weight. Right. It's just like that's not that's not on my radar. The radar is how I'm going to feel different in my body. And if losing weight is a byproduct of that, so be it. Um, if gaining weight is, so be it. It's yeah. still about having, you know, that health, but with, that's outside of the idea that losing weight means a person is healthy. Right, right. It, they're, not, they're not the same thing, sure, right? You can be thin yeah. and really it's unhealthy, sure, yeah. or you can be... Really the only way we, can, totally we know healthy, we can so. determine how healthy someone is, is doing a blood panel. That is truly the only way. So the before and after <laughs> photos, don't like them. It, it doesn't matter. I, it does not. It does not say that they're healthier. A full blood panel is the only way that we know how healthy right. someone is. That's a really good point. So, uh, can our viewers? Yes. Oh, please come follow Instagram. me on Instagram. It'd be great. So, I'm at Dr. Morgan Francis, and um, I mean, I have fun. I'm sure, like you, Julie, like you know, you have fun over on your Instagram as best you can, and also providing psychoeducational information at the same time. And then um, I have what's called yeah. mindful messages. Mindful messages are free text messages, uh, and it's not just focused on body, it's focused on just men our mental health. And truly, the reason I created mindful messages was because um, a friend of mine had committed suicide. And I, in that moment, I thought, well, uh, you know, what if he had some support? Like, what if he had something come to his phone? And not that, you know, a text message would have saved his life, but maybe it would have, you know, given him more time. Um, and we never know what someone's going through, right? Yeah. So mindful messages are, you know, messages right. that are inspirational, they're encouragement. Um, I talk about coping skills. As we move into February, I'm going to be talking about self-love. Um, and then I have my online courses. So I, um, my body image course is going through an update. So that'll be available this summer. But you can sign up and join the wait list for that. And then I have an intuitive eating online course called Get Your Life Back. And actually, for anyone that is mm -hmm. interested in understanding intuitive eating, who is here on the live, I thought it'd be nice. I'm going to offer 20% um, off the course price. That's so generous. Um, so yes, yeah, so the intuitive eating course is all about getting your life back and, and finding that for food freedom. I take you through the 10 principles developed by Evelyn Rush and, and, and Evelyn Trubel. And, um, and being able to understand how we can move away from diet culture and have a, a much more positive experience with food. So those are the ways that people can access information oh, with me. Wonderful. And I just want to let everybody know that February, we're talking all about body love and overcoming body shame in my uh, group coaching membership. So I'll be coaching people about how to do this and, and sharing some of my experiences clinically and so feel free to, to join uh, Dr. Julie Hanks group coaching membership at drjuliehanks.com slash membership. Um, it's really, it's a 
totally affordable way to work with me. And it's, it's so much awesome. fun. I just did a group coaching session this morning. Thank you so much, Dr. Francis, for joining me today. It's just delightful to talk with you. I think it's been really helpful for people watching. And uh, I just have a great weekend. Oh, thank you so thank much you for having me. It was so nice time. of you. Thank you again. You're Bye. welcome. Hi, friends. Have you ever thought of working with me as your personal coach? Well, I have a couple of openings for women in Utah or virtually all across the globe. And I would love to work with you. I'm a licensed therapist and I've been specializing in women's emotional health and relationships for nearly 30 years. And I've transitioned to doing personal coaching. I love it and I'm excited to work with you. I help women making career and life decisions, communication training, moving on after children have moved out of the home or after divorce, finding your passion in life, or creating partnership in your marriage and family. I also work a lot with faith transitions and mixed faith marriages. I'm confident that I can help you create the life you love. I can't wait to work with you. And you can use code 150 off for $150 off priority coaching with me. Go to drjuliehanks.com coaching or email hello at drjuliehanks.com for more information. Again, that code is 150, so 150 off, OFF. thought, hey, I want to talk to Dr. Julie Hanks about this question. Well, now's your chance. I want to have you on my podcast. So email hello at drjuliehanks.com with your question and the reason why you want to be on the podcast. And we may just choose you for a free coaching session.